It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3. Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. With financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the inspired team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, the show that helps you take your next wise step in your financial life. We're already having fun today, folks. We got a heavy topic, but we're having fun. My name's Mike. I'm one of the advisors on the show and your host, along with my fellow financial advisors and friends, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Today, we're going to talk about long-term care services and what you might need, whether it's getting care at home or in a nursing home or other type of facility. And that can be one of the biggest risks that you face in your finances. And um, so the question is, should I plan ahead? And if I should, how do I do that? And those answers and more are coming up this hour on Wise Money. Hey, we've been getting a lot of feedback from you guys, so thanks. Continue to send that our way. If you have questions or just feedback or suggestions, anything like that, we want to hear from you. So go to wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit a question right there on the right. It goes directly to me in an email, and a lot of times I'll respond. Have a little dialogue. It's been fun. Uh, if you are driving, give us a call, 574-222-2000. Lastly, join the conversation on Facebook at Wise Money Radio. And you'll get blog post updates, quote of the week, question of the week, a whole bunch of stuff, announcements, all that. So like us on Facebook, follow us that way as well. Okay, as Kevin said, we're going to be talking about long-term care, really how you plan for it. It's all coming from a question from Greg. Here's what he said. He's 52. said, my dad's turning 79 this year, and recently we've started to notice some bizarre behavior that has us questioning whether he's got early onset Alzheimer's. If he does and ends up needing to go into a nursing home, who pays for that? And is there a way to not have a nursing home take all of his money? Man, that that makes my heart just kind of break for you, Greg. Um, I I feel like Alzheimer's and dementia, and really any you know cognitive impairment of some kind, it, this is one of the hardest things for a family to deal with. Oh yeah, um, just the, the feeling of loss almost. And I, I don't know about you guys, but honestly, I I think this may be the number one thing that produces tears in a financial planning meeting, uh, health-related wise. Oh, anyway. I would totally agree with that. Totally. It, it, it's really heartbreaking when you have a disease that's attacking someone's mind because it feels like uh, you're, you're kind of losing that person and yet they're still here. And it's, ex- you, it's incredibly confusing. And so, right, you're frustrated and you're afraid. Yeah, it's right. very emotional. Well, it, you know, we don't claim to be medical experts or, or know the why behind all of this or anything, but... At least from a financial perspective, I think we can start to help unpack this uh, this whole topic. And you know, specifically, you ask the question, "Well, who pays for this?" And like so many questions, we we try to address the answer is it depends. Um, but the default is really that your dad pays for it. Yeah. As long as he has the resources to cover it and everything, and uh, we'll get into topics today about, well, what happens when those resources are depleted and, and then what? Um, but for the foreseeable future, assuming that your dad has uh, you know, still some amount of, of money, there's a good chance that a lot of these dollars could need to be uh, deployed to help get the care that he needs. And, mm-hmm. and even that creates its own emotional um, struggle for a family because 
uh, they, they see the dollar is going towards necessities instead of fun stuff for, for dad. Right, right. So we're, we're going to be unpacking this and, and hopefully today um, really get into the proactive yes. type of planning that you could be doing uh, you know, earlier in dad's life or in your own life, Greg, uh, so that you, know, you don't get into this last minute planning and, and trying to struggle to make sure he gets the care without burning through all of his money. Yeah. We're, so we are going to focus mostly on how do you plan for this? So you're, if you're already in the throes of it and like me have a family member that's dealing with something like this, it, it, it might be a little hard to listen to well, how you plan ahead, uh, but hopefully you'll still get something out of it. And, and for those of you who aren't in a situation like this, you're going to hear really the, I, what I would consider the full gamut, the full uh, spectrum of ways to plan ahead. Before we do launch into kind of those four primary ways that you can plan ahead, let's just touch on whether you should, the why. Why should someone plan for this risk? Well, the answer is yes, you should. You should plan for this risk and you should make decisions relative to this because if you don't make decisions now, eventually decisions are going to be made for you. Exactly. And those may not be the decisions that you might might make. And so people say, well, why should I plan for long-term care? And I think of words like choice, independence, peace of mind, things along that line. But it really, um, you know, if you plan in advance, it gives you a chance to deal with basically four areas. So you look and you say, hey, there are housing decisions that you need to make. There are health and healthcare decisions that you're going to need to make, legal decisions, financial decisions. So those are the, really the four areas that decisions need to be made in. And this is a, you know, this is, we know April 15th, you got to get your tax return done. And there are other deadlines related to your financial life, but you never ever really have to get, there's not a deadline to say, hey, make sure you've planned for the risk of long-term care, because that's one of the things that could really poke a hole in your financial plan. Yeah. And, 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 it feels and, like the biggest one really, isn't it? I mean, I the, think the, the so. catastrophic expense, uh, the, the cost of needing this type of care, it just keeps on skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you may have a great retirement plan that allows you to live comfortably and confidently on 60 grand a year. Mm-hmm. Well, you blow that number out of the water in a hurry if you need some sort of long-term care. And now all of a sudden, the the likelihood of you running out of money is really increasing. And that has ramifications not just for you, but for your spouse if you're married, and maybe even for your kids. I'm thinking about, uh, you know, some of you uh, listening today have adult children who are a dependent of yours because of a disability or some sort of special needs. And the, the risk of you using up your entire retirement nest egg and not having any residual balance available for them, um, you know, now it becomes a multi-generational problem. That's right. So the, absolutely, the, the necessity, the, the prudence of planning ahead, I, I don't think we could overstate that. Yeah, so people say, well, when is the best time to get that planning done? And I would tell you that right now, yeah. right now is the yeah. best time. If you haven't made a plan for this, then what you want to do is get in touch with a certified financial planner and put together a plan that's going to work. There are a number of different ways that you can do it. And people are living longer these days. There's a 50, uh, 50% chance that if you're married right now and you're currently 65, there's a 50% chance one of you will live into your 90s. And just one other stat here, if you're currently married and age 65, there's a 73% chance 
that one of you will need long-term care services. This is directly from the American Association for Long-Term Care Insurance, dated 2014. So, so guys, this is, it's a big risk. It's a really big risk. Let's start talking about how you plan for it or how people currently plan for it. The first one that we're going to cover is the one that most people actually do, and it's the least one that we would recommend. Yeah, I think you're referring to just uh, assuming that you can rely on family to step in to care for you. Yep. Um, you know, maybe you don't even have a conversation with them. You just know, hey, this was my experience. I took care of mom and dad, and so my kids will do the same for me. And, you know, it, it's always risky to take your experience or observations with your own parents or your own spouse and project that onto your kids because your situation with your kids, that relationship or, or their place in life may be totally different. They may not be able to be as dependable um, as you were for, for your own parents. Yeah. Right. And that may be of no fault to them. And the, the whole point here though, is that you can't assume that they're going to be available. They may not have the physical strength to take care of you or the medical expertise if you really need some skilled care down the road. They might not have flexibility in their schedule or the financial freedom to be able to kind of drop their game plan for life and, and make sure that you're cared for. Uh, they might not even be in the right geography. Yeah. Right? I mean, people, families are spread out these days, uh, maybe more than prior generations. So, um, it, you know, this one has its risk to to assume that your kids are going to be able to to be the game plan for you. So I was, some of you guys know this, I was on crutches for a couple of weeks over Christmas and uh, Cindy, my lovely wife, said, oh yeah, I'll take care of you and you know, that, that's, that's, you know, no problem. It la- <laughs> She did a great job, but it lasted about, it lasted, it didn't even last the first morning when my coffee that I was drinking got a little lukewarm. And I said, honey, c- can you just warm this up in the microwave for 20 seconds? She gave me this look and I said, okay, the she deal said she'd is off. She care for you, not pamper you. <laughs> <laughs> so just assuming that family members are going to care for you in something even much more serious than just being on crutches and limping along is that's a big assumption. We've got a lot more risks with that issue that we need to break down. Plus the other ways to plan ahead for needing long-term care services, that and more here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good morning, folks. Thanks for joining us here for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. My name is Mike. I've got Kevin and Josh with me in the studio. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. We so appreciate you guys. Today, we're talking about whether you should and how to plan ahead for the risk of nursing home. Did that make sense? We're talking about whether you should, but then how to plan for the risk of needing a nursing home or other sorts of long-term care. We're going to break that down more here as we go throughout the program. If you have a question or a comment or anything you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us, 574-222-2000 or wisemoneyradio.com and submit a question that way. All right, all this content's coming from Greg. He's 52. He asked this question. My dad's turning 79 this year, and we've recently started to notice some bizarre behavior that has us questioning whether he's got early onset. Uh, If he does and ends up needing to go into a nursing home, who pays for that? And uh, will the nursing home take all of his money? How can we protect against it? 
And so we've just started unpacking the first way that some people plan for this risk. And that's really no planning at all. Just assuming that a family member or someone else is going to going to care for you. Yeah. And I, I feel like many people don't fully appreciate or understand the toll that that can take on a family member who's being the the primary caregiver. I, I uh, remember receiving some statistics uh, back in a continuing education class on this very topic, actually. Good for and you, were, student. That's right. Paying attention. Uh, and I even took notes that I could refer back to. But uh, they were talking about the health strain on the caregiver. And um, I, I remember one of them was that caring for a person with dementia will impact um, the caregiver's immune system for up to three years after the caregiving ends. Oh, my goodness. So just the stress of, of taking care of them. If you provide care for a parent over 36 hours per week, so, I mean, you're kind of a, a primary care provider there, you're two times more likely to experience depression or anxiety. And if you're doing that same level of care for a spouse, it's six times more likely to be um, to experience anxiety and, and depression. Yeah, these are these are major things that can have an impact on on your overall health. It, it even can shorten life expectancy. Actually, it's alarming to hear that, but I know most of you listening are like me and like us and have seen loved ones in this circumstance. So you've seen that. That's I mean, right. everything you're saying, Josh, just to hear it audibly is is like, wow, I can't I can't believe that. But then, as I've experienced this, you say, well, ab- absolutely. Yeah, we experienced that firsthand. We, the interesting view that we get is to see how it impacts a family financially, but we can also see the the health ramifications. And I had a client who had taken care of her spouse at home for a long time, as long as she possibly could. And then after he went to the nursing home, it took her about six months to recover. And she mm-hmm. didn't realize how far down she was and and what a difficult spot she was health-wise because that's just what she did. So I would encourage you, if you're in that situation right now, make sure you're getting help. Make sure you understand what your options are as far as respite care or uh, depending on who you're caring for, uh, adult daycare and other things like that because it is, um, it's a lot harder than it seems. Yeah. So for those of you who are currently caring for someone with uh, nursing, well, long-term care uh, needs, our heart goes out to you. And for those of you who aren't yet there, that's why we're talking about this as the first one, because it's kind of the default option. I've, I heard an attorney call this the D or D-I-L plan, which is the daughter or daughter-in-law plan. I'm just going to assume that my kid will take care of me. And and if that's not yet you, and you've got a chance to make a proactive, better decision, we'd encourage you to do so. Well, and, and that might mean, yes, family, are they're going to be the primary or at least the first in the line first. to provide yes. care for you. But to plan ahead to make sure that you have options to supplement that or to support them, um, this is where you have to be proactive. You have to put the right things in place long before you get your, your family arrives at these decisions um, just to make sure that you have the choices that Kevin was referring to before. Yeah, and I would make the distinction between taking care of and providing care for. So taking care of means I can drive by the house once a week and make sure that the lawn is getting mowed or if I need to stop by and get the mail and bring it into the house, I can do that. That's very different than providing care for. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that you can do as you're sitting down and talking about these things with your certified financial planner, and I've, I've had that conversation. I said, okay, which one of your children 
is going to quit their jobs so that they can provide care for you. Yep. And mom and dad look at each other and they say, well, really, they know they're all established in their careers. They, I, they, they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to. And then you say, okay, well, um, mom, can you pick dad up out of bed in the morning, go sit him on the pot, get his day started, get him dressed, get him to the kitchen, feed him, do all this thing, these things. And, um, you know, the answer is quite often, no, I, I couldn't. Yeah. And I mean, I think about that when I was uh, certainly younger in my marriage, I, it was a kind of a fun thing to carry my wife around. But um, this isn't, <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't think I'm the only one confused by that comment. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to, I can only get in trouble from here, but I'm saying as I've gotten older, it has nothing to do with my lovely bride, but as I've gotten older, giving her a piggyback ride or carrying her, that is exponentially harder. Yes. So, because you have gotten exponentially weaker, right? <laughs> yes, and okay. older. I'll just clarify that. All right, yes, all right, she's all right. light as a feather. So, so that's really plan planning or just assuming that a family member will care for you isn't really a plan much at all. Um, and so that's, but that's the most likely way people just assume they're going to manage this risk. It's our least favorite. Our favorite way to manage this risk. We're going to hit that one next, and that is by having a long-term care insurance policy. Now, this is different than a health insurance policy because health insurance, even Medicare, really doesn't cover long-term care services. Your health insurance and Medicare are designed to get you care to get you better. And a lot of times when you've got a long-term care issue, you're not able to get better. It's called custodial care. Just kind of maintenance. Try to maintain. Try to maintain. Therefore, some of you have had this experience where someone gets admitted to a hospital the doctors and nurses say, you know what, we're not able to help you, and you got to get out. Right. And the family is like, what are you serious? You're just sending us out of here? Um, it's because they've deemed that you can't get better. Therefore, a, a long-term care insurance policy is what would step in to help cover your needs in that situation. Let's talk about some of the pros of, of a long-term care policy, taking that approach. Well, I, I've seen over the last 23 years the long-term care industry has changed a lot and in meaningful ways. One of the neat things about being in the state of Indiana is they've got a long-term care partnership plan, which if you live in Indiana, you you need to know about and you need to understand. But the one of the th- things that a long-term care policy does is it allows you for a certain amount of money to transfer the risk of needing long-term care to an insurance company. Mm-hmm. And that that can be a very effective and efficient way to do it. Now, I would tell you, if you were buying long-term care today, in your over your lifetime, whatever premiums you're paying are probably going to double or triple because the long-term care industry, it still seems as though it's trying to find itself. And a lot of people are saying, hey, listen, I'm going to have the government pay for my long-term care. And the reality is that's a you are you will be impoverished before the government steps in and picks up the bill. We're going to be talking about Medicaid. That's that's Medicaid. We're going to be talking about that because that is another way that people do try to plan. But specifically within insurance, as opposed to just being impoverished and having the government pick up the tab, or, or if you do that, not having a lot of choice and flexibility as to the type of care and the place of care, having a long-term care insurance policy 
would allow you a certain amount of money to pay to a, a, a facility for your care or even pay for someone to come in the house. A lot of times people think long-term care insurance is just nursing home. You say, well, I don't want to send my loved one to a nursing home. No, a long-term care insurance policy can cover in-home care as well. One of the biggest things that it covers is inflation. And that's where I'd go back to Kevin. You said the long-term care industry or the insurance industry has kind of struggled with this risk. Well, there's not a lot of history with it. People weren't living that long several decades ago. Now we're projected to live a lot longer. So this inflation component, a lot of insurance, long-term care insurance policies have a 3% compound or 5% compound that can be very, very beneficial. Um, so there's more attributes of a long-term care policy, insurance policy that we need to hit, but it's not all roses as well. And, and so we need to talk about some of the disadvantages, really help equip you to make a good decision or prime the pump for you to have a good decision with your certified financial planner on this risk, as well as a few other ways to manage this risk. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Fullhorn Financial Group, 95.3 MMC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good morning, folks. Thanks for spending some of your morning with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on 95.3 MNC. My name's Mike. I've got Josh and Kevin with me in the MNC studios. Thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett for, with Remax 100 for partnering with us on the show today. We're talking about the risk of needing long-term care services and really what your options are, what your choices are to manage those risks. There's four primary ones. We're, we're in the middle of the second, and we've got a couple more to hit. If you have a question for us, go to wisemoneyradio.com or give us a call, 574-222-2000. All right, so Greg sent in a question via email and said, all right, we've noticed that, uh, is it mom or dad, has been behaving, I think, dad. Dad. Yep. dad has been behaving a little uh, bizarre, you know, might need to go into a nursing home. How do you plan for that? Will nursing home take all the money? We've talked about a few different ways. This, the, the, our favorite way to plan for this risk is by having long-term care insurance. And Kevin, do you want to recap what those pros were, what those benefits were? Yeah, and I would just say, you know, at this point for Greg, whose dad is 79, long-term care isn't an option. But Long-term if, care insurance. In, long-term care insurance is not an option as far as how to take care of that. Yeah. Um, because if you need it, you're not going to be able to buy it. That's how insurance works. So, um, but it, there, are, there are a number of benefits. One of the things that I would go back to, something you said earlier, Mike, was about home health care because there, there are two different components you'd have of, of a long-term care policy. You could choose just nursing home coverage, so it would step in and pay in the event that you went into a nursing home. But you can also have home health care uh, insurance. That's a component as well. If you choose, it's a little more, uh, it adds a little expense to the deal, but it can be um, depending on what kind of uh, independence and choice and other things that you want. But one of the neat options of a home health care uh, policy is that they will actually pay a family member. We talked about, should you have a family member? Is that a reasonable plan to have a family member? They will pay a family member to step in and take care of you uh, with with uh, that kind of policy, depending on the policy. 
Well, and long-term care insurance also puts a defense between uh, this need that could arise in your life and you having to start burning through your retirement nest egg. You know, it's, it's kind of a safety net that uh, allows you to have resources before you get into your own money that you've already been accumulating. And, you know, I, I remember hearing someone say that if you can protect the money, then you get to control the care. Mm. And, you know, if, if you have a policy like this that allows you to get the care where you want it or where you need it, whether it's at home in an assisted living facility um, or ultimately in a nursing home, then uh, you, you get to get that care going for yourself before you've ever tapped into any of your own resources. And if you exhaust the policy, you still have your own money that you could tap into as well to keep the care going in the place that you want it. Yeah. Many people get themselves backed into a corner and they just have no choice but to go into a nursing home in order to get the care because that's the only place that they can get the, our social safety net of Medicaid to help pay for, for that care. So it's not, it's not just advantages with long-term care insurance. There are some disadvantages too, some reasons why people don't get it. Let's, let's run through that list pretty quickly here. What are the reasons why someone wouldn't get long-term care insurance? I think at the top of the list, you have to say cost. Right. I mean, this this is an expensive form of insurance. It's expensive just simply because uh, what it can pay out is so significant as well. I mean, you you get a lot of benefit if you end up using it. Um, So, you know, this is not a small uh, budget line item on on the retirement cash flow plan. And it's more expensive. The older you are, the more expensive it is and the worse your health is the more expensive it is. As a matter of fact, it can be prohibitive. You might not be able to get it. That's exactly right. Yeah, And and that's true of all insurance, right? I mean, every type of insurance, you have to have it in place before you need it. Yeah, Whether that's homeowner's insurance and, you know, you can't call up an agent after your house is on fire. Well, that's that's the last uh, disadvantage that I, you know, kind of wrote down is you might not lose, you might not use it, sorry. And I've gotten this from so many people and I've only gotten that reasoning with long-term care insurance. I've never heard someone say that about their homeowner's insurance. Yeah, I'm sick point. of paying this thing because, you know, I, my house might never burn down. No, it's more like, yeah, I need this because my house might burn down. Well, same thing with long-term care. A lot of people, a, a big hurdle they've got to get over is, well, you might not use it. Well, if you don't, you're really lucky. Yes, you've right. paid a lot of money for that protection, but it's provided you peace of mind and a lot of options just in case you would need to use it. So... That issue of I might not use it and it's getting more expensive has kind of uh, been the impetus to the insurance industry coming up with a couple different ways to plan for this risk. Now, in our opinion, this third way of planning for long-term care, uh, the long-term care risk, isn't as good as just getting long-term care insurance in place. But there's a couple hybrid options that I think we ought to mention as the third way people can plan for this risk. Yeah, so there's really, if you look at it, you could get a life insurance policy and think along the, the, the terms of if you had $100,000, you put it into the life insurance policy. That policy might pay out $6,000 a month in the event you go into a long-term care facility. And, it, and if you don't, if you die, the, the death benefit might be $300,000. So that's that's those are numbers and concepts you would have to talk to your insurance agent, I'd say talk to your certified financial planner to come up with a plan first and then figure out, is that tool an appropriate tool? But that's where folks say, hey, listen, instead of paying for long-term care insurance, 
I'll pay for life insurance that's got this long-term care rider that will take care of me in the event that I need long-term care. And if I don't need long-term care, my kids will benefit from the leverage that the life insurance gives me. Here's my struggle with that. So I've used this with some folks, and, and I think it'll probably be used more and more in the future. However, I'm not so convinced that it will, quote-unquote, take care of you. And I know you're just kind of, you know, just explaining how it works. But the biggest risk is, is inflation. Yeah. You've got to qualify for the insurance when you're young. You're not going to use it for several decades. The cost of this care is rising even faster than normal inflation, which the government's been lying to us about anyway. And so, but your life insurance policy, that death benefit is not growing with inflation. So you're buying a $100,000 policy today, for example, that might cover just a couple of months way out when you need this. So that's Good my point. biggest risk. Yep. The other hybrid type of policy is an income type of annuity. And annuities uh, carry a lot of emotion or baggage with them, but I'm talking about a specific kind that is like a pension where it guarantees payments. And there are some where you can pay an added fee for if certain things, if you qualify and, and all this planets align, that if you go into a nursing home or need long-term care, the amount of money it's paying you will actually increase. It will double to cover some of the cost of care. That's another option to consider with a certified financial planner. Don't do that one. One thing to uh, watch out closed. for on those as well is that you really have to pay attention to what the definition is of um, qualifying for the long-term care. Um, some say if you need help with two out of six, uh, what we call activities of daily living, then you you qualify. Others say you have to permanently need help with those things. This can't be a temporary need. And so not all of these uh, riders that go on top of these annuities are really created equally. And so you really have to know what's going on in the details of these types of contracts to know, is this really something that's suitable for you? There's no perfect plan here. The last way to plan for this risk, we're just going to start unpacking here right now. And it's really a mixture between just, well, you know, I'll let, uh, I'll just assume a family member will cover me uh, on one end and the other end is I'll buy insurance. Right in the middle, I would call the Hail Mary. And that is this last option of, you know what? If I, if it looks like I will need care, once I know that, then I'll try to plan. Yeah, you're referring to uh, kind of relying upon the social safety net here in, in each state. Most, most have these laws, Medicaid laws, and it, it's an opportunity for you to say, hey, I am, I, I'm, I'm essentially appealing to the public for health care welfare. I'm out of money. I need this care. And, you know, how, how do I get help providing for it? And it's very restricting on where the society as a whole will help pay for, for your care. You have to be in a nursing home and it has to be a Medicaid eligible bed, which might be a room that you're sharing with another person or two even. Mm -hmm. So this, this is not necessarily the ideal uh, situation. This is something, uh, as you said, it's kind of your, your last ditch effort to, to try to come up with some sort of a game plan here. And there are ways to actually have that cover you. And we're going to talk about some of those in just a little bit, but it's rife with disadvantages as well. Some, uh, many of these we've seen, and we want to share them with you to help you plan ahead and make a great decision. That here and more, more listener questions even, coming up on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, 95.3 MNC.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keen, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. My name is Mike Bernard alongside Kevin Corhorn, alongside Josh Gregory. And if you've missed anything, you can check out previous episodes, this episode, listen to it again at wisemoneyradio.com or check it out on iTunes on the podcast. Uh, We'd invite you there. You can also submit a question at wisemoneyradio.com or give us a call 574-222-2000. Lastly, don't forget, check us out on Facebook at Wise Money Radio. All right, we are wrapping up a question, a really long-winded question, but it's got a lot of pieces to it, folks, and it's very emotional. It's from listener Greg who said, Dad is having some, uh, showing some signs that he might need nursing home care. How do I plan for this? And we've talked about a few different ways. The first is just assuming that a family member will take care of you. That's not a good option, although a lot of people do it. The second is getting proactive and buying long-term care insurance. The third is buying some, getting some hybrid type of insurance, life insurance or some annuity with a rider on it. And the last one we're starting to unpack is the Hail Mary, trying to plan for Medicaid type of assistance. Uh, but that one's rife with difficulty. So let's unpack that just for a little bit here. Well, for Medicaid, you have to qualify for it. And to qualify for it, really, you are impoverished. And so you can either show up impoverished and qualify for it and go into a nursing home, or you can go into a nursing home and work with a, an elder care attorney to position yourself to eventually look impoverished and protect some of your assets. Because a lot of times when the time comes, and so Greg, you're, you're looking at dad and you're saying, oh, we've got to do something. What can I do? Is there any way to protect any of dad's money? Dad didn't want the nursing home to be his primary beneficiary on all of his stuff. He wanted the, the, uh, the kids and grandkids to benefit from all those years of hard work. And so there are ways to do it, and we are, we're pretty excited. We're going to have a, a local expert uh, in the studio with us uh, shortly. So there, there's a teaser for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll be talking about how would you protect assets from a Medicaid spend down. There are ways to do that. But when you think going on Medicaid, you, you, you will either be impoverished or you will look impoverished. And the interesting thing is they're doing a lot right now with estate recovery. Yeah. So if you have tried to shelter some assets or you have some money left on the table, the state of Indiana is getting much more aggressive about doing that. Now, the statistics say that it's happening in Fulton County and, and closer to the capital but there, this will be coming soon to a county near you because as 10,000 baby boomers a day retire, they will eventually need help. And this, this, this generation is uh, statistically fairly unprepared for this. Yeah, it's, it's hard to give money away or hide, or hide money from Medicaid. This sounds easy. It's hard to do. It is. And, you know, what I take away from all of that is that um, you need to be proactive, right? You need to be planning ahead. You can't assume that your family is going to be able to take care of you and you also can't just stick your head in the sand and assume that society is going to be a real easy uh, option either. And 
you know, if you've listened to the show for a while, you know that our goal every week is to try to inspire you to take some sort of action. And the, the action that I would encourage you to have is maybe some of the most difficult, and that is to actually begin having the family conversations to deal with this very issue. You know, you, you really need to honestly assess how much time and energy and support each family member could realistically um, commit themselves to, right? Um, you, you have to assume that you're going to need care at some point and that it will be on some sort of a continuum and it may last a long time. And so you, you need to have a fairly robust game plan uh, on this. But um, it, I would kind of call you to decide as a family what circumstances or conditions would need to develop before you'd escalate the level of care to professionals instead of just the family. Mm. And you need to have that conversation long before you get to this point so that everybody's on the same page when you arrive. Yeah, yeah I, I think of a, a situation right now. There are three siblings. One sibling is local and able to take care of mom and dad. And the other two aren't. And the other two have said, hey, listen, we'll, we'll chip in some money. We'll, we'll, we'll pay for you to take care of uh, our folks if you will do it, because we can't. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's a great conversation to have. And, you know, Joshua, to your point, taking action, if your folks aren't meeting with a certified financial planner, schedule an appointment and bring them in. Come on in with them. Yep. And have that big picture discussion and narrow down to what this risk is all about. So good summary. I hope it's helped you folks. This is a really, really tough topic. I've told you several times I'm dealing with it in my own family. Very, very tough. I'm I'm empathetic, but I would urge you to take some action here and get proactive. We've got a couple more questions we want to hit. Bill, uh, Bill sent me an email. Oh, this past week, I think it was. Um, so thanks for listening, Bill. Thanks for reaching out. His background says, I've got a high deductible health plan at work, and I've got an HSA with benefit wallet with a brokerage link to save daily investments. So what that means is he's got a health savings account with a certain company, but he also stretches through that to a, an investment account within his HSA with Save Daily and he's got some money there. The investments offered there are not the greatest and I believe I can do better by moving my money to another uh, brokerage firm. I'm required to keep $1,000 in the HSA side. Fidelity has some of our other accounts. So here's my question. Is there anything that prohibits me from transferring the value of my Save Daily portfolio to Fidelity? This will increase my investment universe. I do understand I need to avoid mingling these funds with my IRAs and 401ks already at Fidelity. Well, not just that. Uh, you also have to be aware that you can't commingle this with other joint accounts or right. anything. It has to remain an HSA. And if you have a, a an investment HSA where you're using a, a brokerage account essentially to get access to mutual funds or stock market or, or some sort of growth-oriented investment, um, you know, just make sure that you're, you're going from one HSA to another and you're doing uh, a tax-free transfer that way. Right. Cause there's kind of two issues here that you, that you've asked. And one is, should you invest the money in your HSA? Cause you can, you That's can, an important question. just because you can, doesn't mean you should. And, and, and so we want to tackle that. But then second is, well, can you actually make this transfer to Fidelity? And, and I believe, I'd reiterate what Josh said, I believe you can if Fidelity does have an actual HSA. It'd have to be moved from your Save Daily HSA into a Fidelity HSA. As long as you do that, you should be fine. Let's go back to whether you should. 
Because I'd actually say, not that you're doing anything wrong here, Bill, but I'd actually say most people shouldn't. Right. Let me speak for experience. I've got young kids, ages six and four. I've told you I've been on crutches. My wife had some health issues last year too. We've had our, we've got a high deductible health plan. We've had our deductible three out of the last four years. I have to put a lot of money in my HSA just to get it to able to, to be able to cover the deductible, but it wouldn't be appropriate for me to invest those dollars simply because I might be using them in the short term. Is it possible I'd have a medical emergency at the same time the country is going through an economic or stock market emergency? Yeah, I want to take that risk off the table. So I don't invest mine. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it really is depends on your situation. If you find that you fund it and you're fully funding it year after year after year and it's just sitting there piling up, then I might think about investing it. But I would make sure I probably have twenty to $25,000 in my HSA before I would ever think about doing any kind of investment strategy. To, to say that differently, I, I think what you're alluding to is keep... Uh, twenty to twenty-five thousand liquid that's not tied to the market. Yep. And if you've piled up, you know, more money above and beyond that in an HSA, um, a that means you've been very aggressive in your savings and you've been healthy along the way because you haven't been tapping in. Great it. job in both. That's I'd, right. I'd give you a big pat on the back for and that. It, depending on how old, I, I wish we knew Bill's age here, but um, you know, if he's in his forties or fifties and he's really stockpiling money as a supplement for his retirement, maybe he's going to use these dollars for. Uh, health expenses in retirement. Um, yeah, you know, why not uh, l- let it grow? Uh, get some growth and, um, you know, plan on using these monies in the later years. But uh, you need to make sure you've got the resources you need for the here and now. Yeah, if you're eligible to fund an HSA and you can do it, do it for yeah. sure. And if you can do it through payroll, you save uh, FICA. So that's right. It's a It's a great tool. And if you're maxing out all of your other retirement savings accounts saying, where else can I save dollars for retirement? And you've got a high deductible plan, do exactly what Bill's doing. Stuff that money in there over and above a certain amount. Sure, invest it. Thanks for the question, Bill. Thanks for listening. Thanks to all of you. Uh, If you've missed anything, check us out at wisemoneyradio.com. And on behalf of Kevin Corhorn, Joshua Gregory, and myself, the rest of us at KFG, have a great weekend, folks. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group, KFG Wealth Management, LLC, and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.